Hey everyone, I'm super excited for this week's episode because it's our very first guest episode since June of 2021. So it's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to have guests on again and it just hasn't been the right time. Just personally has been insane and I just haven't been able to record with guests until now. But I'm super excited because I'm in the process of getting lots of guest episodes recorded for this year. So get excited about that if you love guest interviews. So today we have Sarah Motes on the show and we're going to be talking about all things Pinterest and how you can use it to promote your podcast. So a little about Sarah, she's an Enneagram three saved by grace girl who helps service-based businesses learn how to use Pinterest to get more email subscribers, website traffic, and dream clients. So I know Pinterest is a great platform to grow your podcast. I'm super excited to have Sarah here today to help you start using Pinterest for your podcast. Before we dive into the episode, Sarah was super generous and shared a couple of free resources for you guys. She has a free mini Pinterest course and also free Canva pin templates that are just for podcasters that you can snag by going to motesdesign.com slash savvy. So that's M-O-T-E-S design.com slash savvy. You can also find the link to this in the show notes as well if you are driving or unable to type that in for any reason. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcast to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to have you here. So tell us about yourself and how you got started in the Pinterest industry as a Pinterest strategist. Yeah, I am super excited to be here too. So pretty much I accidentally stepped into the Pinterest world. Whenever I graduated from college, I immediately got a job as a UX UI website designer And I absolutely loved it. Like coding web websites from scratch, super nerdy, loved it. So I did that for about four years. And then my husband said, oh, hey, let's move to rural Oklahoma. We were at Florida in in Florida at the time. And he said, let's move to rural Oklahoma to be closer to family. And I said, great. I looked up the job market there for UX UI website designers. And there was nothing. So I thought, well, I've always wanted to try freelancing. So let's try that. So that's how I got started about three or four years ago was just freelancing website designs. And that was pretty much it. But something that kept happening was I was having my clients come back to me and they were like, Sarah, we love our websites, but how do we get more traffic to our websites? And I was just like, oh, just put your blog content on Pinterest super simple. There you go. And they were like, can you do that for us? Cause we don't have the time. And I thought, yeah, sure. So that's kind of when my business pivoted away from strictly just websites into how to get your content that you've worked so hard on out to the world to get more traffic to your site. 
Yeah. I love that. I think it's one of those things like people think they're going to have this really beautiful website and that just all of a sudden people are going to flock there. And that's not really the case. You really have to have some kind of marketing strategy to get people there. Unless you have like killer SEO and you've been doing this for a really long time and you're ranking high on the search engines, it's really hard without an external marketing strategy. So I think Pinterest is really great. And I know Pinterest is really great for podcasts because I've seen really good traffic to my podcast from Pinterest. And I know a couple of my clients have as well. And I think it's just a really great tool for not only blogs, but podcasts and even YouTube as well. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the benefits of using Pinterest to grow your podcast, your blog, your show notes, whatever that is just, what are some of the benefits of using Pinterest to actually market your podcast? Right. Well, before we dive into that, I really want to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Let's define our terms. Let's define what Pinterest actually is. I think there's a lot of misconceptions and confusion around what Pinterest is. So it is not strictly social media as a lot of people think. A lot of people take their Instagram or Facebook strategy and just slap it onto Pinterest and see if it works and then it doesn't. So Pinterest is two things. Number one, it's a visual search engine. It has a search bar functions a lot like Google. Think of it as sexy Google, very visual image heavy. The second thing that it is, is a repurposing platform. So you can take your content that you've created all over the interwebs, YouTube, your podcast, IGTVs, landing pages, all of it, blog posts, create pins for it in Pinterest. And that is how you can repurpose your content for Pinterest. So you're not actually creating brand new content for Pinterest. You're just taking everything else from there and putting it onto Pinterest. So why should podcasters take the time to use Pinterest? Two reasons. Number one, Pinterest will help you reach more people and grow your audience faster than pretty much any platform. I would say with the exception of YouTube, YouTube seems to also do so well. So basically if you think of like a sales funnel, we're going to do a little bit, just a little bit of marketing 101 here. You have your sales funnel, think of a triangle upside down triangle. And here at the top is where you throw people into the funnel. And so many people are missing this part of the funnel. That's the discovery platform. So that's things like good SEO on your site that helps you rank in Google. That's Pinterest. That's YouTube. That's how people are getting in. And then the second part, which is the nurture side of things, that's your email strategy. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. So many people love the nurture game. I am so guilty of this because it's relational. You get to know people, but you need to start getting serious about the discovery part of the funnel. You're stuck in the nurture game. Time to get serious about the discovery game. So that's how you start to get more listeners to your podcast and grow your audience. Number two, you're really going to build authority and your brand by showing up first in people's search. So like I mentioned earlier, Pinterest is a search platform. So whenever they're searching for something in your niche or your industry, and you're the first one to show up. That applies for Google, Pinterest, YouTube. Number one, you're going to get way more traffic than people who are on page two or three. And two, you're going to be seen as an authority in your niche. You're going to be seen as the go-to professional. So that's two reasons why podcasters really should take the time to learn how to use Pinterest. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel silly for not even touching on the basics at first. Sometimes I forget people don't realize (laughs) the benefits of it because I, I did Pinterest strategy for a long time before I pivoted to podcast management. So sometimes I like forget the little basic things. That's like, oh yeah, people don't really re- a lot of the time realize why Pinterest is even something they should be using in the first place. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, Google. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, now Pinterest, you're right. It's a visual search engine and it's very high converting if you are taking the time to make it work for you. And a lot of people yes. don't, and you definitely used to be able to just pin and get a ton of traffic, like Mm-hmm. just by barely doing anything. I know I did. I used to, when I, I had been using Pinterest as like a business owner since 2016. And you know, back in the day, I used to be able to get mad traffic from Pinterest from just by pinning. Like you didn't even need a yeah. description or anything. It just, things yeah. would go viral super easily. It's definitely harder now because Pinterest has changed a lot since then, but mm-hmm. it's still a really great place to get traffic and get in front of people who need what you are sharing about. And you probably wouldn't have found them otherwise. Cause it's pretty hard. It's still pretty hard to rank on Google these days. People who have been around for a long time, obviously are being prioritized over like newer websites on Google. Yeah. So Pinterest gives you a more fair opportunity to get in front of people. You're not like yes. competing with all these people who have been, had their website for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So obviously people listening to this, they have a podcast, they want to grow. Like that's their main thing. And obviously to get people to our podcast or our show notes for our website, you have to have pens. And I know mm-hmm. pens are like a hot topic and your pen needs to be nicely designed. You can't just throw something random out there and think that everyone's going to click on it. Cause it's not going to work. So do you have any like tips or best practices or designing pens that people are actually going to click on because that's the whole point. If they see it and they think it's nice, but they don't click there, that's not doing you any, any justice. Right. Right. So I actually have seven tips for best practices for designing high converting pens. So listeners grab your pens, take a few notes here. Number one, you're going to want a two by three orientation. So that would be 1000 pixels by 1500 pixels. It has to be that size. Gone are the days of the super duper long pens. You remember those pens that were like, you'd scroll down the pens, like a no, recipe do on that. a long pen. Yeah. Like the whole recipe is woo, taking up your yes. whole like screen basically. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> This is the size that Pinterest wants. Even your Instagram posts that are square, resize them to be the optimized size 1000 by 1500. If you use Canva, just go up to the little purple button that says create design and choose pin template. It's going to be the correct size. Definitely use that size. Number two, keep your branding in mind. I would say, don't be so married. So many brand designers, if you're listening to this, you're going to hate me. Don't be so married branding that you're not willing to branch out at all, because truthfully, people are too busy on Pinterest to notice if you go slightly off brand. They're just, they're not going to notice. And you can acquire like different types of people based on, oh, wow, that's a really bright color that stood out in my pin feed. You need to stand out. So Yes, use your branding, but hold on loosely, but don't let go. (laughs) Number three, make your pin attractive. Take the time to actually 
either use the templates that are in Canva, buy some pin templates. If you're already good at design, make sure that they look good. If you're designing it yourself, take time to make them attractive. Number four, readable text, your font size shouldn't be too small that people cannot read it easily. If people have to actually tap on the pin to open it bigger, like people aren't going to do that just to read your tiny text. You really need to be thinking about the user experience here, keeping those fonts large. Also, I understand that these curly fonts are like really in and hand calligraphy and stuff, but some of them you just can't read. So you need to make sure if you're using a curly font to make it readable. So whenever you are designing either in Illustrator, Photoshop, Canva, whatever your platform of choice is, go ahead and zoom out a bit to see if you can still read everything. If you can't read it when the image is small, adjust the font size. Number five, typically at the bottom of a pin, you need to have your domain name, but remove the www. You don't need that anymore. We know how to type in a website address. So remove the www. If you don't, you no. need to get into the, the century that we're currently in. <laughs> right. Welcome to 2022. So number six, your wording on the pin should be clear and concise. Use words and numbers that will attract the eye. So for example, like five ways to blah, 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 or how to something, something, something. And oftentimes like what makes a really good email headline can also make a pretty good pin headline. It's fine to have a title and subtitle if you would like. So make sure your wording is clear and concise so people know what they're going to get. And a note on this, I see a lot of pins that are really clickbaity that don't directly apply to what the blog content is about. Don't right. do that. Like be, be honest. Yeah. Cause when people click through and they see something that's completely different than what they clicked on, mm-hmm. they're like, what is this? And then they immediately leave. And then your bounce rate skyrockets it's- because you're not being honest about what the content is. And people don't like that. They really don't. They, they are not a big fan of that. <laughs> no, people don't like being lied to. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, this is the last one. Use original images on your pins when possible. Pinterest is smart. They have an incredible artificial intelligence or something that scans images so they can see whenever you're using all the free stock photos that literally thousands of other people are using. That also applies to the free pin templates that are on Canva. So many people use those free pin templates. So Pinterest sees, oh, you look just like everyone else. We're not going to show your pins to as many people. So try to be as original as possible in your pin designs and then invest in some good photography. Get headshots done. Be strategic with the photo. Make your own flat lays on your desk or whatever with your podcast mic. Get creative so that you have some original images for those pins. So those are seven key takeaways for best practices for designing high converting pins. Yeah, no, I love those tips. I think all that is really helpful. And that's a lot of, it's a lot of the same that it used to be. There's some differences, but a lot of the same, like obviously the long pins used to be all the rage and now that's not a thing, but like just 
your URL and stuff like that, that that has always been a thing. You want to make sure it's easily identifiable. And in the Mm -hmm. past, I know I've had my pins taken and redirected other people's website on several occasions. And it literally Mm -hmm. had my Mm -hmm. URL at the bottom. So I'm like, that makes it eat. Well, people still do it clearly, but it makes it less likely for people mm. to redirect your pins to their website because it's, it looks stupid on their end. If it, if it doesn't go to the right mm. website, it helps prevent that a little bit and people are still going to do it, but it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's always so frustrating. Like what you can do, if you really understand like how websites work and stuff, you can put your pin images that you put on Pinterest. And if they're actually on your website, you can hide them. So Mm -hmm. that not everyone sees five images for the blog. Mm -hmm. And then as long as you can prove that the image is on your website, then you have a case. Yeah. Yeah. I I used to submit all the time when I would find it. Now I just don't have the time to seek it out. But if if I come across it, then I definitely report it and say, yo, this is mine. Clearly Mm -hmm. has my URL on it. Like that just makes it more more obvious when you have your URL on it. So yeah, no, I I think those are great tips. And honestly, I, I... didn't even think about the last one, like taking your own stuff. I, I think that's easier when you're like a blogger or something, cause you're likely to do that. But podcasters, they don't normally take like their own images and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's good. What about if you have like, a paid stock subscription that like is obviously a lot less frequented than the ones, mm-hmm. the free ones on Canva, is that better than using the free Canva ones or? Oh yeah. In the pyramid of like good, better, best, that would be better. than using the free, obviously, but ideally, if you really want to spend the time (laughs) taking your own photos. I am not a good photographer, but yeah, no, I think that's helpful. When it comes to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like podcast pins, but from my experience, I found ones that indicate like that it is a podcast episode. So Mm -hmm. it has like two headshots of the Mm -hmm. guest and the host or just the host. I feel like those don't convert as well as ones that look more like a blog post style, if you know what I'm talking about. Do you have any experience with that? Do you, you, are you saying that's true as well? That is so true. So I would say the majority of my clients are also podcasters. Okay. Okay. And so it's interesting. I've been doing a lot of like AB testing just to see, it seems that pins that show people's faces just do not go as well as nice greenery or a flat lay of a desk or just a static object, like a lifeless object. For some reason, faces do not do as well. Yeah. I found the same. I found the same. I was just curious if you were mm-hmm. in the same camp. Yeah. Cause yep. I, I'll, I'll do one that has like the title and just, it like, looks like a traditional blog post style one, or I'll do, and then I'll obviously do one of both of our headshots or just my headshot. And the ones that don't have pictures on them that are like of people do so much better. And I think it's because people, I don't know, I'm making assumptions here, but I feel like people don't want to listen to a podcast episode. They usually want to go to a blog post yeah. when they're on Pinterest. So usually that's why when you direct them to your show notes page on your website, for that specific episode, then they're like, okay, cool. Actually, maybe I actually am going to listen. But if you propose it as being a podcast episode from the get-go, they are less likely to click because they're like, I don't really have time to listen to a podcast episode right now. So I agree with that. Yeah. So that's my kind of what I've seen. And it's just, if you give them the blog post, they will probably read it. Sometimes they'll also listen to it, but you're still getting that, that traffic. But if you don't, if you make it appear like it's just a podcast episode, people probably won't even click. So you're missing out on that traffic that you could be getting if you just slightly tweaked your pins to not have faces on them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Rope them in with the blog post and then hopefully they'll convert over to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when it comes to creating pins for our episodes and whatnot, like how many do you think we should have per episode? Is there any like special number or is it just kind of like, Oh, do three per episode or five, let's just Mm -hmm. try out five different designs. What is your take on that? Sure. So for those of you who are not familiar with Pinterest, maybe you're starting to show interest just so you know, it is very normal to have multiple pin images for one URL. So you can have your blog post and then you can have three to five images. So what I would say for people just stepping into Pinterest, it can be so overwhelming. And I understand that (laughs) Pinterest is so different from any other platform. So my recommendation is start super simple. Take your podcast episode, create one pin with the podcast title on it and publish it to a board on Pinterest. Start there. And then as you get more comfortable with it, okay, now I understand how to do that. Maybe after two or three episodes, amp it up to maybe three. I would say three to five. There's really no reason to do more than five these days because Pinterest wants fresh content, not necessarily old repurposed content anymore. Um, which, which is a, a bit of a bummer, I will say, because <laughs> it's like, yes, I, I'd rather put out one really high quality or two really high quality things per month versus like 10 <laughs> personally with our, with most people's bandwidth, I understand what they're doing, but mm-hmm. it still kind of sucks for the, the creator. Cause it's like, I don't really want to yeah. create that many, but yes, mm-hmm. Pinterest has really changed up the algorithm in the last year and a half. It's so very different than as like 2016 so different from in 2016. Yes. So just start there. And then if you're just starting onto Pinterest, take your old content from a year or two ago and just to start creating pins for those because Pinterest will see that as fresh content because it's a new URL on Pinterest, even though you've had the podcast for several years. So go ahead and start working through your old content, creating pins for those as you have time. Don't overwhelm yourself. Uh, the last thing I want you to do is get overwhelmed and then never do it again. That's the last thing I want for you. I'd rather you take small incremental steps, getting onto Pinterest and then seeing some success, seeing some growth and then keep going. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to burn yourself out before you even get started, but yeah, I I agree. And then you can always add more later if you do two, And then you're like, oh, let me go back to this episode and add additional two more. So then you're, you have a total Mm -hmm. of four circulating versus just the original two. So I definitely think that's really helpful. So I know back in the day, it was like, you need to pin other people's content and also your own content. And it was just like, you were pinning 7 million times a day. Mm-hmm. What is like the process for that now? Should we still be pinning other people's content? If so, like how much, if not, yeah. that's nice. But what is, that it, is, what is it like these days? That is the question. Yes, it is so very different. So what I do for my clients and what I recommend for a lot of people is that Pinterest wants to see your business profile being used by a person. They don't want it to just be like, here's only my content. Here you go. Get on there at like once a week and just pin a few pins to your boards from other creators that you think your audience will get good use out of. Keep your audience at top of mind whenever you're pinning your pins to your business account. So if you see something from a creator, you think, oh man, that's like super helpful. Go ahead and pin it. Maybe just once a week, log into your business account and do that. 
So it's, there's no magical number. Like it used to be, I don't know, a couple of years ago, pin 20 to 25 images per day. That's a mix of yours. And then maybe 80% of other people's that longer gonna work as well as it used to. Yeah. I think that's helpful. And it's not as overwhelming because you used to be like, you should pin one for every one that you pin of your own. And it's like a oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm pinning 50 of my own and 50 of someone else's. Like that's a lot of, a lot of time and effort. So I think that's really helpful that it's not as you're not having to do as much as you used to in terms of other people's mm-hmm. content. What about things like Tailwind? So if you guys aren't familiar, Tailwind is like a Pinterest scheduler. It used to be all the rave back in the day. I've noticed a lot of people leaving Tailwind for reasons or another. They also have like a feature that you can share in like their communities. They used to be called tribes. I think they just changed the name mm-hmm. to communities. I'm not like super up to date on Pinterest anymore because I haven't, I, I just don't have the bandwidth to be up to date on all the things. So what is that like now? Should we be using a schedule like Tailwind? Are the communities useful still? Like they were hot right. back in the day, but mm-hmm. the main requirement for them was like pin one of your own pin someone else's one of someone Mm -hmm. else's. So like, what is the status on those? Should we use them? Should we not? What's the deal? I still use Tailwind for myself personally and for my clients. And it's still what I recommend simply because as you create pins for your podcast episodes, people will see like the ideal time for your pins to be dripped out is normally at times you don't want to be working. Like 8 41 PM on a Tuesday or like on a weekend and tailwind is actually a official partner with Pinterest. Like they aren't like some third party, like later or whatever. They're actually in cahoots with, in good cahoots. They're actually working with Pinterest. So it's good. They are a recommended scheduler for that reason. So they know they have so much data. They know when your audience is going to be on Pinterest. So tailwind, all you have to do is drag and drop them in, tell them what boards you want it to go to drop in your pin titles and the links in the description. And it just schedule them for you at the ideal times for them to drip out. It's so incredibly useful. And the other reason that I really love tailwind is for the communities. Yes, it did used to be called tribes. You're correct. Now it's called communities. And I'm still seeing some pretty good traction from those with most of my clients. I got a email from Tailwind for one of my clients saying that they have 2.1 million impressions since they first started joining communities a year ago. So it's not like it's dead. No. And communities, for those of you who don't know, it's literally a community of other content creators who are creating content similar to yours. So oftentimes there is a rule in a community that is, okay, you submit one pin, then you have to pin someone else's pin. Well, actually that's okay because normally your content is similar. So that would be helping your audience. So they're still alive and well. That's good to know. Cause I, I still am in a couple Pinterest group and I, I see a lot of people saying they're like leaving like a mass exodus of just cause it's, oh, it's not converting as well as it used to. Well, should I still be paying for this? People are like jumping ship to like just using Pinterest native scheduler, which I guess is fine, but I just. just I've done <laughs> AB testing with both like Tailwind and just Pinterest. And I haven't seen a huge difference. Not in enough the to like, not enough to do it exclusively in Pinterest. Yeah. No. I, I haven't tested or anything either, but I still have my Tailwind subscription. I was grandfathered in on like the 
really cheaper plan. So yeah. I don't want to get rid of that and have to start all over again right. at a higher price, but I definitely find it useful too, just because you, it circulates the pins for you. So you don't have to worry about it. And if you don't have something like that, you're less likely to actually do it. So yeah, I love that. And then, yeah, I think I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I can ask you about Pinterest. I know back in the day, so I know it's changed a lot. So there used to be like these keywords that would pop up when you would type in stuff and notice that kind of disappeared in the last the little bubbles. Yeah. In the last year or so that kind of disappeared. They're coming back. Okay. But what did you do in the meantime to do your keyword research? Because that was a sticking point for me over the past year mm-hmm. and a half. And like, well, I can't even hardly do like good keyword research directly on Pinterest anymore. I know you can use Google and answer the public or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, stuff like that. But I was like, how do you do this on Pinterest now? Do you have any hacks right. or tricks for that? Yeah. So there's, if you have a business account and if you have a podcast, you need to have a business account, stop using your personal, take it seriously. Okay. Soapbox over. So whenever you are in your Pinterest business account, there's a couple ways that you can find great keywords. As you were just mentioning, there were the bubbles that would show up and those are coming back. And I'm so excited. I know that they're starting to show up in Canada, I think, and I'm hoping that they make their way back to the U S because Pinterest Canada is different than Pinterest US. But let's start with just the basic search bar. So let's say um, you are a, let me pick an industry here, marriage counselors. I don't know. Let's say you're a marriage counselor. So you can type in like marriage counseling, or if you're Christian marriage counseling, you could type in Christian marriage counseling or what have you. And you will see some keywords auto-populate down below in the search bar. So there it's not like individual keywords. They're like long tail keywords. That's what those are called keyword phrases. And so you can make note of those in something called a keyword bank. Just open up an Excel sheet or a Google sheet or whatever. You use Airtable keywords. If you guys listen, you guys know, I love Airtable. So there you go. That's another good use. Yes. <laughs> Great use for Airtable. Yeah. So in some form, create your keyword bank, start dumping those long tail keywords in there by category. That's one way you can do it is with the search bar. The other way I would recommend doing it is something really cool called Pinterest trends. It's awesome. So whenever you're in your business profile up at the top, you'll see something called analytics. Click on that, scroll down to where it says, or you don't have to scroll, just click on where it says trends. It is awesome. So basically you just type in your keyword phrase. And if, as long as it's not super niche, they'll probably have something related to your niche. And then you can see like in relation to other keywords, how not an exact number of how many people are searching it, but just like a ratio of, okay, there's a lot more people searching for this keyword phrase than this keyword phrase down here. So maybe focus on that one. And it's just so cool. It's like a graph. That's why my hands, for those of you who are listening, you can't see my hands are like, woo, going crazy, but it's a graph. It's really cool to look at. If you're a number and analytics graph nerd like me, you'll fall in love. So yes, Pinterest analytics. And then of course there's like Neil Patel's search engine. What is I it? I can't remember the name of it, but I know what you're talking Sim-rush? about. Not no, th- that's not his, that's someone else's, but I know exactly what you're talking about. There's also yeah. keywords everywhere too, mm-hmm. that you can use. That's like a Google, uh, Chrome extension as well. Uber suggest Uber that's suggest. Your, okay. Type your stuff in there. So there's just all sorts of use the Google search bar. Yeah. At, 
so many places. Just that you curious can why they place. got rid of the the bubbles underneath, and now they're like, well, let's bring them back. It's like, why they do that in the first place? Maybe <laughs> it's because silly. so many of us were like, please bring them back. We missed. Yeah, they're great. It was super. It made it super easy because you had multiple places where you could do that. But yeah, I love that. That's really helpful. And then lastly, because this is a podcast about podcasting, I always have to ask this question. What is your current favorite podcast? You can list multiple. I know I have multiple, but like right now, what what are you listening to? I listen to so many podcasts. Me too. (laughs) So many and so many broad genres. I would say business wise, I really love the Jennifer Allwood podcast, the Jennifer Allwood show. I listened to, I've been like a faithful listener of that since like 2017 when she first started it. Love that one. And then I've recently really gotten into Jill Wagner's old fashioned on purpose, which is like breaking free of the rules of society and making your own independent decisions, not doing whatever, like going against the grain and the social norm. And I'm always all about that. And obviously like we are too, like we're entrepreneurs. We don't want certain people telling us what we can or cannot do. And I'm really all about questioning things and making the best decision for yourself. So I'm really loving that podcast too. Awesome. Yeah. I've heard of Jennifer's before, but I've never listened um, and I've, I haven't heard of the other one. So I'll have to check it out. I'm, I'm always looking for new shows, even though I listen to a ton. Yeah. Right now for me, I am, I'm a very heavy on the leadership type podcast. Cause that yes. is where I'm at in my business. Just leading a team and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then my other thing is true crime. So I like to say motherhood and also motherhood podcast. So motherhood and murder plus some marketing sprinkled here and there. And then yes. leadership, I wish I could find an M word for leadership because yeah. then I'd be like motherhood, murder and whatever the third M is, but what's your favorite leadership podcast? Like uh, stacking leadership? your team is really good from the biz chicks production. And then there's another one. I cannot think of it for my life right now, but yeah, that's like the main one I listen to is mm-hmm. there's a couple of good ones though, but yeah, that's like my main thing right now. If I'm listening to ed- educational stuff. It's like, I don't need all the marketing tips right now. Yeah. I just need this. And that's how I am. I'm the kind of person that will find a podcast about one specific thing and listen to that until I'm in my next season. I yeah. feel like, but I feel as an agency owner, I'm always going to be in the leadership season because yeah. That's something you always need to be improving on. So yeah, that's me. Yeah. So this was such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed chatting with you. I think Pinterest is really important. I think a lot more podcasters need to be using Pinterest because so many aren't like usually people are like, that's for bloggers, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's actually for podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, everyone really. So tell us where we can find you online, Mm -hmm. your social channels, your website, wherever you want us to connect with you. I love Instagram. If you are listening to this, I would love for you to send me a DM on Instagram and just sort of tell me what you do. So you can find me at Sarah.moats. Sarah has no H. I'm named after the Fleetwood Mac song, Sarah, and there's no H in that. So <laughs> Sarah.moats. Find me there. Send me a DM of what you do. I have a website. My design agency is called moatsdesign.com. So that is where you can find me online. You can sign up for a free Pinterest course. I have some pen templates actually specifically for podcasters that are free on there as well. If you want to check that out. So yeah, I would love you to connect with me on Instagram for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes for you guys to go check that out. So you don't have to remember it if you're driving or whatever. I mean, you can just go click in the show notes and go follow Sarah and check out her website. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed chatting with you.
Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me on. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook at Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs listeners. I'll see you there.